The Northeast Newscast is brought to you by the Northeast News, the voice of historic Northeast Kansas City since 1932. Interested in helping promote your business while also keeping the voice of the Northeast alive? Advertise with the Northeast News today by calling 816-241-0765 or by emailing northeastnews at socket.net. Thank you for listening, thank you for reading, and enjoy the episode. And we are back with the latest edition of the Northeast Newscast. This is your host, Paul Thompson, and I'm joined this week by Leslie Kaplan, president of the Scarrett Renaissance Neighborhood Association. Kaplan will talk about a variety of subjects, including an award recently won by the Neighborhood Association, the happenings going around the concourse this weekend, Scarrett's upcoming 4th of July party and light show, which required some extra community involvement this year to make happen, the association's potential new leadership, for the wildly popular Scarrett Halloween event, the much-buzzed-about Kansas City Museum parking lot situation, and what Leslie took away from her interaction with the museum project team, the association's foray into property acquisition, and the Independence Avenue Pedestrian Safety Improvement Study. Without further ado, here's my discussion with Scarrett Renaissance Neighborhood Association President Leslie Kaplan. All right, so I'm sitting here with Leslie Kaplan, president of Scarrett Renaissance Neighborhood Association. Thank you for taking the time today. And I'm happy to be here and tell you all the things that are going on in the neighborhood. Well, I think we'll start with uh, congratulations are in order. I, I had just recently read that LISC has been or has awarded Scarrett Renaissance um, an award for the renovation of Scarrett Renaissance Neighborhood Park. Can you maybe talk a little bit about that and how you found out about that? Um, I got word from uh, their staff a few days ago telling me that it was going to possibly happen and be prepared. And <laughs> yesterday I got the official word, and it's the result of a few years of uh, fundraising and planning and just uh, a lot of labor um, and working with Parks and Rec and other organizations to uh, and LISC. Um, to raise the funds for um, the embankment slide, which is the only embankment slide in the region, yeah. and uh, then all the playground equipment, redoing all the courts so that we now have futsal and basketball. We're going to have other things coming down the pike, we hope. Um, we have just repurposed that whole park because when we began, the reason we began was because there was so much vagrancy and lack of use in the whole park. And who knew that at the end of all that, here we would be sitting with an award, but we're really delighted about it. Well, that's pretty cool. And I think we've talked before about the transformation up there on the concourse and and, and that area around there and the efforts of Scarrett to kind of do their part. And I, I think you could argue above and beyond their part into kind of turning that into something that the entire community can appreciate. So that being said, how does it feel to be recognized for that one and to just be kind of spurred forward to, to continue those efforts? Well, it's great to be recognized because you just go along uh, kind of this narrow path of um, trying to meet the goals and having a vision but and hoping that others see your vision and to be recognized for um, accomplishing that is really great. It's one more step though because uh, on Thursday night I'm going to do a presentation uh, to the PIAC committee asking for the final dollars that will uh, really finish off the park so it would allow for lighting, it would allow for uh, putting back the tennis courts, 
Um, it will be a walking trail and some other uh, smaller amenities, and then we would have accomplished everything. So I'm, I'm really hopeful that PIAP will give us this money, but we're, we're determined that we're going to just keep going until we've done what we need to do because if you just drive by there any time of day or night, there's just all sorts of activity, and that was what we wanted because it was not being used the way it should have been used. Right, and I was there last Friday night, and I put some photos up on Twitter. Uh, there's a concert going on for the Summer mm -hmm. Dust Series. Mm -hmm. You walk over to the fountain, and there's a bunch of kids playing, and then you look down on that the futsal courts and the basketball courts, and there's a few dozen people down there uh, playing basketball and enjoying those amenities as yeah. well. So this isn't just something that exists in our minds. It's real, and when you go right. out there on the weekends especially, it's uh, it's tangible. You know, you can reach out and touch it, so it's pretty cool. Exactly. Uh, you mentioned the PIAC stuff. How important is it to be able to point to, to past successes when you're going in there and asking for money on this stuff? Um, I think it's really important, and as part of my presentation, I have some before and after pictures because um, I think that that's what tells the story. And for those uh, on the committee that maybe haven't uh, been to the park, although I think they all have now because uh -huh. they brought their kids or whatever, but um, I think that helps them give them the vision um, of you know what we're doing. And they have been great partners because um, they have funded us almost every year for this since we began asking. So uh, uh -huh. that's been tr a tremendous amount of money. And then Parks and Rec has put in their uh, support both in terms of labor and finances and so forth so they've been awesome partners as well right cool and another way that i know you're not resting on your laurels is uh with the playground you, i understand there's going to be a playground build day this saturday this right? saturday starting at 8:30. we're still looking for volunteers and you don't have to be skilled at, at construction because there's going to be all sorts of things uh from something as simple as picking up trash uh, in the park uh, helping with food serving. Um, we have mulch that we need to load into wheelbarrows. We have mulch that we need to rake around the, the uh, finished playground. So um, we really um, had, this was actually the first phase we were hoping for was the two to five year old phase. Right. But for a variety of different reasons, um, it became the, we, we started with the five to 12 year old and, and then the, and the slide. So now we will have equipment that's more appropriate for the really little kids so they don't kind of get crunched by, while they try and use the, the other uh, equipment. So right. um, anybody who wants to come out and help that day, just show up. Uh, we'd love to have you. We're going to have food uh, in the morning and then at lunchtime. And um, the other thing that's going to be really exciting and we'll see while we're working is that the uh, Tour of Kansas City bike race is going to be taking place at the concourse. Uh, I believe that part of their route is going to be right by the playground area and uh, we've been invited also to use their food trucks and just come in and watch and so um, this has been, Tour of Kansas City has been a really um, long-lived uh, project in Skerritt and we're really pleased that they use the concourse and the uh, Cliff Drive byway and so forth for it. Right, cool. So it'll be a full day of activities exactly. on Saturday. Exactly. Uh, get a little work in, do some volunteering, and then right. uh, you can be rewarded with a prime seat for the race. <laughs> exactly. Right? Cool. 
And I guess there's, it's not the only big scared event coming up. The other one is the 4th of July party. I think last year it was a light show as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't want to presume what it's going to be like this year, but I guess I would ask you, well, let's start at the beginning. I understand that uh, many in the community, including a city city councilman, uh, stepped up to kind of keep this event going. Mm-hmm. How much support did Scarrett Renaissance receive and what can attendees expect this year? Uh, we received a, a nice donation from NTDF, uh, $8,000, which is helping with the light show. We are going to have a, a bigger and better light show this year. Cool. Um, so that And that was a really big hit last year. And real quick, NTDF, uh, Neighborhood Tourism Development Fund, for exactly. those who don't know. Yes, exactly. Okay. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they're a, a really generous group and, and have supported it last year and are continuing to support it this year. Uh, at we, but we needed extra dollars, and those dollars were a little slow in coming because um, one of the things we want to use those dollars for is security at the park. Right. Uh, it gets a little crazy up there. Anybody who lives around there can attest to the fact that there's lots of fireworks, illegal fireworks, and you've got uh, kids trying to play on the playground in the fountain. You've got families trying to um, have picnics, and so the police... Um, uh, coverage is important so right. that's where we were kind of falling down and in terms of our fundraising and um, uh, councilman Scott Wagner really stepped up he issued a challenge and fortunately neighbors came to get the rescue and um, supported his challenge and so we have enough dollars so it's going to be food trucks are going to be there there's going to be the laser light show around nine o'clock um, and it starts at five, by the way. Um, and the late, more or less dusk, but that, just after yeah, sundown. Right, yeah, right. Okay. And then we have um, uh, the really big bubbles that she was just really popular last year. So she's going to show the kids how to do it and have a great time. Uh, the um, paint, face painting is going to take place. We have someone who's coming and making balloon animals for the kids. Um, a lot of lawn games and so forth. So it's just a great way for a family to get together and have a nice picnic and just hang out at the park and get to know other people. That's been the whole focus of, of redeveloping the, that park is to bring all the different nationalities in this neighborhood together and have them share experiences and, and live in harmony, so to speak. And um, so that's been a really successful piece of all that we've done. And this is just one more activity. The, the playground is one, the uh, July 4th, uh, Halloween, all of those things are, are meant to uh, bring a community and rebuild a community. And it sounds like it's a, it's a family-friendly endeavor exactly. as well. So the, exactly. whole, the whole clan can go up there yeah. and uh, hang out. That's exactly. cool. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned Halloween, and I wanted to talk about that too, because okay. that seems like another one that I've heard a little bit about. Yeah. I'm sure you can speak more to it. Uh, it's a very beloved event. I mean, I was shocked last year. It was my first year here. I, I had the opportunity to check it out. I showed up on the early end thinking, oh, I'll just set up and you know I'll see kind of see people trickle in. Uh-huh. No, I mean it was a madhouse already, and I think I was there five minutes after it started. <laughs> uh, so just a really cool event. Tons of people. Everybody goes all out on the block. And the last I heard was that you were still looking for someone to chair that committee, but there may be some news on that front. Yes, we have a gentleman that is going to chair it. Um, I'll, I'll give you his first name is Benjamin, and um, uh, I don't want to give the whole thing because I need to have absolute confirmation that 
he wants to um, take on what responsibility it, it requires, especially since he's having a new baby come to that house this month. But okay. um, anyway, um, he has agreed to step up. And the nice thing about this um, project that I told him in, in discussing the idea with him is that it's been going on for 23 years. Mm -hmm. So we have a really good sense of everything just kind of flows. The museum takes a huge piece of that in terms of uh, getting us the barricades and the permits and so forth. Uh, we have someone who is dedicated to the security, so he blocks off the streets every year. He knows what he's doing. We have someone that's already stepped up to go out and pick up the candy. Um, and we have people that will distribute the candy. We, so really right now, the key thing is going to be just getting the houses, and many of the houses are the same ones year after year, so that's really a pretty easy thing. But what ultimately, that's all the background stuff, mm -hmm. what ultimately happens is that it's just a really fun night for th literally thousands of people. Right. Um, we have the Ghostbusters uh, come each mm. year. We have the Haunted House, thanks to one of the Red Scarret residents, Scott Hobart. Um, we have, um, we're, I've already requested Mounted Patrol. Hopefully they'll be able to make it. If not them, then we'll have the ATV guys. Mm -hmm. um, we have, you know, coffins. We have uh, Elios comes and sells hot chocolate and coffee. Um, so it's just a really fun way to celebrate a safe Halloween. And of course, we hand out pounds and pounds and pounds of candy. It, it's almost tons. I don't know for yeah, sure exactly I don't know what, what the uh, weight of it all is, but I mean, we're talking thousands of yeah. pieces of candy. I, Many and, thousands of right. pieces of candy. Right. And when we loaded those boxes, I, I can tell you, and I'm sure. Um, the previous chair, uh, Michael and Lisa Donacy, can tell you how many, how much those weigh. Right. They weigh a lot. Yeah, it was really cool. And I thought there was maybe even a food truck or something out there. There is, last year and there too, will right? be again. There's right. food trucks at both July 4th and at Halloween. And we're hoping to have a second Halloween truck. Last year we just had one, but we hope that we'll have a second one this year. So if you don't have a sweet tooth and you still want to get out there and enjoy the fun, I, I, I think Great they were doing, uh, yeah, I, I can't remember, it was a chili dogs or something so, like that uh -huh, last year. Yeah. yeah, it was pretty good. Yeah. I think I actually got one. So. Um, well, cool. That sounds neat. Now, if, if you're a member of the community, if you're a member of the general public, and you love this event, and you want to keep it going or help out in some way, what would be the best way to get Contact going? me at uh, president at scarrettkc.org. Okay, cool. Yeah, and I'd be happy to direct you to the chair and or to the committee people or to just tell you kind of what opportunities uh lay before you. Right. So. Sounds like from what you said that there's plenty of opportunities yeah. for volunteers to get yeah. on board. Exactly. Cool. Well, let's shift gears a little okay. bit. I want to talk about something else that I've heard a lot of buzz about over the course of the past few days, actually. So this okay. is pretty fresh stuff. Uh, related to the Kansas City Museum. Okay. Now, I know they've been working really hard on a renovation, Corinthian Hall. They've got the money from the GO Bond. One of the elements of that is increasing the parking. They want to have new amenities at the museum. They want to entice more people to visit, and they want to be open more. They want to be able to showcase that, that amazing facility there at Corinthian Hall. Right. To that end, they're trying to build a parking lot. Now, right. they've had a couple different options. They had a, a meeting, I know, with Scarab Renaissance. I think on Monday they had a meeting with Indian Mound. So they're getting out to the community. Right. I've had a chance to talk to them a little bit about this issue. And I know that there are some that are concerned within the community about what that parking lot's going to look like, how it might affect the views over there off Cliff Drive and the Gooseneck and all that. I guess I'll just ask you, after the Scarrett meeting, can you maybe describe 
what you were feeling from that and, and what you saw during that meeting and, and how you think things are moving along on that front? Sure. Um, I felt like after the June 5th meeting that uh, I was once again appreciative of uh, Anna Marie and the park's staff, including Mark McHenry, of continuing to keep us uh, in the loop as far as plans and asking for our opinions before they make any final decision. And that's been their process for literally months and months and years, mm -hmm. really, right. is to um, convene meetings probably every couple of months, uh, whether it be at our neighborhood meeting, whether it be at the museum, asking for input. They show us drawings, they say, this is the concept that we have, what do you think? And um, so, in my experience, they have been far more open um, and available than any organization I have ever seen in terms of planning process. Because this is a big deal. This is a big deal for Kansas City. It's a big deal for this neighborhood. Um, it is in every neighborhood that has a museum that will be of the quality that this one's going to be and reaching out to um, a regional magnitude and the implications that has for our neighborhood are tremendous. All of the people who will see our homes and want to buy here and we want them as neighbors and they will see our parks, they will see all of these things and the economic impact it will have on this city is, and Northeast in particular, is just incredible. So um, I was really excited yet again that we, we're moving forward and they are moving forward. Mm -hmm. um, at that meeting, there really, there were some questions and lots of good questions, um, but really not any, um, um, you know, issues. So then, Grave concerns. Yeah, grave concerns at all. Um, but since then, I guess I've learned over the last couple of days that there, there are concerns and um, I guess my sense is that it's a little premature to be concerned right? because these are just concepts and what they presented at that meeting was a, an idea and what they will present at their July end of July meeting will be other ideas right. so um, so I'm not sure why everybody is so up in arms at this point because we're just talking about theories and, and ideas and so forth. And um, for some additional background on this uh -huh. one, I think one of the slides that maybe drew some consternation was this this one that showed kind of, it would be a parking lot that they would have to excavate a little bit of that hillside there. Uh -huh. Of course, this was, it was an, originally is an image, I think it was from 2000, so 17 years ago. Yeah. There, from ta and I did get a chance to follow up with Anna Marie uh, Tutera, the executive director, and, and she mentioned, hey, this is a jumping off point. This is something that I wanted feedback on. Right. And it's not official. It's not even close to official. In exactly. fact, since, since that has been shown, I think even at the Scarab meeting, uh, she has kind of indicated to me that they probably will be shelving that image in, in future in future meetings because they don't want to give off the impression that this is something that they're going to go with regardless. Uh, and I don't think they, they're going to do anything like that. It sounds like what, what their plan is to just to show that to people just in order to get feedback. And they did. In fact, one of the things that they did get from that was an idea about possibly widening Walrand or maybe some of those other streets around the museum to include dedicated parking on the interior of those streets. So right. 
And I think she was excited about that, at least excited enough to go to the team and say, why don't we look into what this would be, what it could look like. So there, there is some work being done on that front too. Right. And I think they were just, they were eager to point out that they're only in the discovery phase right now, which is yeah. something I think you, the message, you got that message. Uh, that's exactly the message I got. And they mentioned that night that this was a picture from one of the uh, former um, plans. So. I never really took it that that would be the answer, the solution. And what they have always told us is that as money is available, the parking will be built and it will be underground parking. So um, I I'm looking at any of the, anything that they do, wherever they do it in the neighborhood, as um, it is a temporary solution. Um, but they haven't even come up with that yet so right. I mean it's like I just can't even get too worried about it because we're still talking about like you said discovery and ideas and um, so when things get firmed up that's when we either say yes we love it or no let's go back to the drawing board or something like that right and uh, you did mention there's going to be a public meeting at the end of july right. tentatively scheduled for july 27th right that's my understanding and it'll be probably around the same time the others have been usually uh, 4 30 till about 7 30. right and anna marie yeah. did indicate that she intends to go to the other neighborhood associations in the area before that public meeting. Yeah. So she wants to hear from the community and then open it up to a, a wider right. uh, range and uh, get some more feedback from the greater metropolitan area as well. And that's, again, what I really have admired about her is that she goes, she came to us first because we are the neighborhood that she sits in, that right. the museum sits in, Right. Um, and I appreciated that. And then when she told me she was going to other neighborhoods, I thought, that's wonderful. I mean, how many museum directors are really that good about bringing in the fold and asking for uh, input? And and then, like you say, July will then be for anybody in the region to give us uh, her donors, her other city uh, residents, whatever, um, because they have memories of the museum and certainly, I think, have um, an investment in seeing this become uh, a regional uh, attraction. Right. Um, many of those people are donors. Many of them love it like I can remember it when I was a child and coming down here on the school bus and, and seeing all the uh, sites. So to live here now right by that is just really exciting and these are really exciting times and I think we should embrace those exciting times and um, really support the museum and support the staff and the parks department because they have been great neighbors. Right, and it really does seem like they're doing their due diligence. I agree, thing, I so. agree, yeah. Well, cool. The other thing I wanted to ask you about was something you had teased in, uh -huh. in an email you put out uh, to Skerritt, and I, we, we are included on those as right. well. Uh -huh. I do appreciate that. Yeah. Um, but what you were, were kind of teasing there was that the neighborhood association might be interested in acquiring some distressed properties in the area. Right. I know you can't talk too much about that right now, but could you maybe issue that tease to our listening audience as well? Absolutely. Um, the neighborhood, uh, a key small group of residents and board members have been working um, to address residential and economic development in Northeast and certainly in Skerritt for probably two or three years. 
and it's been a slow, slow process. Uh -huh. And but we have persevered just as we did with the playground and the park, and that's why I believe this is going to be ultimately successful and good for the neighborhood. Um, so we um, worked with Kansas City Design Center and came up with some mock-ups of uh, some ideas for housing. And some of them, of, of theirs, were cutting edge, uh, kind of new and different that would perhaps work as infill. Um, we then also have talked with um, other individuals and gotten some ideas about housing that could be used as infill that, that more um, matches the um, uh, architecture of the housing that's current. So um, we're looking at all of those different kinds of options and what we want to do is begin the process of, of infill. Um, so the, the key is to acquire some of the properties and some of them are land banks so that will be easier. Right. But there are also, and I just can't even tell you how many people come to me wanting to sell us or their house. Mm -hmm. And I said, well the neighborhood doesn't have the money right. but if you wanted to donate it that would be a possibility. And then I suggest that they talk to their tax advisor right. and so forth. And and so they they and some of them have come back to us, but they aren't in the condition that we at the time could do anything about. It would be too much time, be, effort, yes, funds yes. for you to jump in there right. without some sort of additional partnership, exactly. which is maybe what you're That's doing. That's what we're working for. And so we've met with the city. The city is very supportive. And so um, the reason I can't talk too much about it is that it, we're just at the beginning. And so I don't even... Uh, I don't even want rumors to start or anything because I just right. don't even know what to tell anybody yet other than we are continuing the process of looking at a residential and economic development for Skerritt and for Northeast. And um, if people have, so what we will be doing is sending out letters uh, to many, many people in the neighborhood um, saying if you have a house that you want to donate in in Skerritt, um, talk to us and we, we might be interested and um, see where that goes. So uh, that's what I would offer to your, real, to your um, rep, uh, listeners is that if they have a piece of property that they either own and it's sitting there vacant and deteriorating and they don't want to put money into it, that's the kind of house that we're interested in. Or if they're an owner that um, Want, just doesn't even want to deal with the house. Mm. They just want it out. Then that might be a house that we um, are interested in. So we just want um, anybody who's thinking about that idea, first of all, to talk to their tax advisor. Secondly, give give us information on the house. Perhaps let us see it, and then um, then we can de um, determine whether that's something that would fit the ultimate long-term plan of of kind of rebuilding the neighborhood and revitalizing it. Cool. And so. now I know you've, you've already given your email address here, so everybody knows how to reach you yeah. if uh, they have any questions about this or if they are interested in right. and maybe getting into some sort of agreement with right. Scare right. to, to rehab this. So that sounds very cool. Also sounds like a win-win for the city, which yeah. I would think that they would be eager yes. to jump in on with, uh, with a lot of active people they who would. have a, a reputation for being able to kind of follow through on this kind of stuff. That's exactly it, and that's exactly what they said, is that they like working with Skerritt because we, we put our 
shoulder to the grindstone, so right. to speak, ourselves, that we have proven time and time again that we can accomplish the things we set out to do. So um, I, that was the message that I got from the city. Uh, blood, yeah. sweat, and tears, yeah. right? Right. Um, cool. Well, the, the other the other area where the city has been jumping into is with this study. And I think I'll end it on this since I've taken plenty of your time oh, already okay. today. Right. Uh, the Independence Avenue Pedestrian Safety Improvement Study, which is a mouthful, but essentially what they're looking at is ways to improve pedestrian safety along Independence Avenue. They had a meeting on June 20th, and that's, this whole process is just getting underway. So I won't ask you to speak to where they're going, what they're doing at this stage, but maybe just generally speaking, what kind of ideas do you have to try to make Independence Avenue safer for pedestrians? Okay, well, um, that meeting was last night, and what I have discovered as being a neighborhood president is that you're asked to attend a bazillion meetings, and they all fall at the same time. So I was not able to go and see what the what that was all about. Oh, I understand how However, that uh, I am sitting on the steering committee, and that steering committee will meet July 12th, um, and we'll spend four hours straight of throwing out ideas and discussing plans and so forth. Uh, my understanding when they approached me was to really look at, and it, it also goes along with the Independence Avenue Overlay um, District, uh, which we sat in planning meetings for uh, quite some time on that, uh, and came up with this plan for the overlay of how to make Independence Avenue um, neighborhood friendly and resident friendly. So this is, I think, one more step in, in that direction. And perhaps it would be, in my mind, uh, maybe narrowing it. There has been a lot of talk about moving uh, 24 Highway to a different location so that it isn't filled with semis. That might be the first start. Well, what would that look like? Like Truman Road or something? Um, I don't know. One of the discussions was str uh, Front Street, since that since okay. that already has a lot of uh, right. traffic from semis. Uh, I don't know what, if anything, will be done on that, but that's been in the, uh, that would help. Um, also, somehow uh, narrowing it and putting more parking um, and more bike um, trails on Independence Avenue so that it could be friendly for bicyclists. We've got all the stuff, great stuff that's going on, uh, Cliff Drive corridor, mm -hmm. uh, straight to the river market, and so maybe there is a way for the bicycles to be a part of Independence Avenue if you uh, slow it down. And that's a reference to the Cliff Drive connector trail. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's mm -hmm. going to go right from the west side of the park and it shoots all the way down to Fifth Street. Exactly. Right over by where, essentially, where the, the streetcar mm -hmm. is, essentially, where that yeah. begins, where yeah. they're housed. Right. So, right. sorry to interject. But yeah, that's, but that's exactly, that's, yeah. that's exactly. So, all of these things tie together. The other thing that um, our neighborhood is working with the city on, and, and many others are working as well, is to address the issue of prostitution and, and uh, drug dealing that goes on on Independence Avenue. And if you slow down the traffic, people naturally have to, they just have more time to look around and see what's going on. And um, problem people don't want to be seen. Right. So I think that might be one way to possibly um, address some of those issues as well. So I'm really anxious to see 
what comes of our July 12th meeting because I think it um, it has potential of perhaps changing the interface between the avenue and the neighborhoods and really um, making them uh, more cohesive. Well, I hate to put you on the spot, though. I appreciate okay. the answer. Do you happen to know where that July 12th meeting is going to be held and when? Uh, it's from 3.30 to 7.30. I know that. And I think it's, oh, I know where it is, at uh, the CID offices. Okay, cool. Yeah. Well, maybe that's something we can just throw in separately or I can just okay. be aware of. But okay. Cool. Well, I appreciate you being here. I appreciate you stopping by and having a chance to talk and um, look forward to putting this thing out and having our listeners get a little bit of taste of what's happening at Scare Renaissance. Well, and I want to just say that I really appreciate what you and Michael and Chris do for the newspaper. Um, and for this, I, I just think that we're very lucky, and I don't know if residents really understand how lucky we are to have a neighborhood newspaper that covers all of the happenings that keeps residents aware. And um, so I, I just really appreciate it. I see you at every meeting I go to, so I know you don't ever sleep either. But <laughs> Occasionally. Yeah, but um, anyway, I just uh, appreciate it you doing this. Hey, I appreciate you saying that. We'll have to use that for an upcoming testimonial. Okay. <laughs> thank you very much, and thank you for taking the time. Uh-huh. All right. All right. That'll do it for this week's edition of the Northeast Newscast. Thanks again to Leslie Kaplan for joining us this week, and best of luck with all of Scarrett Renaissance Neighborhood Association's activities moving forward. Have a great weekend.